Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everyone. Hola. Welcome to episode 80 of the Travel Squad podcast, your ultimate guide to solo female travel. I have done a lot of traveling, but only with family and friends, so I'm super excited to hear all about this episode, Zena, because I'm sure I'll be inspired to take a solo trip in the future. This is definitely a different kind of episode. Usually we're talking squad trips, couples trips, different group trips, but Zena's the only one that's taken a solo trip here. I've always wanted to take one. I kind of took a semi-half-solo road trip to the Sedona Yoga Festival, but I met up with someone there, so it didn't technically count. And you guys don't even know this, but I am sort of starting to plan a solo trip out to St. Pete, Tampa, Florida. Oh, wow. After talking to my coworker who's from there, and she was really hyping it up. So I'm considering that for April. But that's perfect time for this episode. I can't wait to hear all your tips. Yeah. And actually, real quick, Kim, correction. You said that Zane is the only one who's taken a solo trip. I have actually traveled many, many, many times solo. All right. Trips. (laughs) Well, I did kind of know about your trip, Kim, because I saw on Twitter recently, you said that you wanted to take a solo trip and needed recommendations. And I was racking my brain around commenting back to you, but I got distracted at work. (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be Tampa and St. Petersburg in Florida. And apparently Brittany is going to be going on one because we just heard how excited (laughs) she is to really leave me behind uh, and go on her own. But I am really excited about this episode also because more specifically, we are going to be focusing on Zaina's solo travels when she was younger, like right out of high school. And I remember living at home when she was gone and she would just save all her money, then go on trips and be gone for like three months to years at a time, quite literally spend it all, come back, work, save that money and do it. And so I'm very fortunate with the travel that I've been able to do with you guys as a squad and Brittany solo, but I always am jealous of hearing Zayna's solo travel stories. I want to do the same thing. And if Brittany's going to leave me behind, I'm about to go leave Brittany behind. I'm going to go do something crazy. I don't know what yet. Oh, we can do a sibling trip. Solo, Zayna. This is the whole point of the episode. Solo. It'll be like a men's solo travel guide. Oh, gosh. I can't wait for that one. Uh, it'll be a good one. I'll, I'll make it a good one for you guys. I can go hard when I need to go hard. And I'll go hard. <laughs> there you go. You, you know what, Kim? I fully support you on that solo trip. I'm so excited. I know you almost had a solo trip, but it ended up being with another person, which is great. But um, I really encourage you. You too as well, Brittany. I think solo female travel is the ultimate self-esteem builder. <laughs> <laughs> no encouragement on my end, though. You just encouraged Brittany, but not me. I heard that. Um, I think that you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Emails. I know, Emails. I know. I'm kidding around. <laughs> but I do think you should travel by yourself. So, Zana, why don't you start us off with some tips? 
So the first thing that I'm going to say is trust your instincts. Um, your instincts is coming from within you. It knows what's going on. Trust it. You can trust yourself. The second one is tell your banks where you're going to be. I learned that one the hard way. So when you are <laughs> traveling overseas. This is just a good tip in general for everyone. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think that needs to be solo. We've talked about that and just regular tips and planning for trips. But solo, that's definitely very important, especially back in the day. I remember one time, I remember hearing it from dad. He was like, oh, I had to send Zana money because they denied her uh, pulling money from the ATM because she didn't tell him where she was going to be or something. And they thought it was fraud. So <laughs> yeah, that's real. That happens. Well, you know, I've been traveling solo since I was 20 years old. Yeah, since I was 20 years old. And I didn't learn that one until I was 24. So you still don't remember a lot of stuff that we hammer on to you, Zana, because you're the most <laughs> unprepared. But yeah, I'll give you this, though. When it comes to solo travel, minus mishaps and things you've learned on, along the way, you are very capable of doing it yourself. Just when we're as the squad, you feel like, oh, everyone else is going to do it. So you just show up. Exactly. Yeah. If You know what? When I need to be responsible, I am responsible. Otherwise, I, I fall back on Jamal and Brittany. It will show you how much you're actually capable of doing and how smart you really are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of points in this episode where... <laughs> We'll hit home on that one. But the other thing too is just make sure that you have travel insurance medical wise, not talking about trip insurance that you, I mean, you could have, but I really want to hit home on the medical because you never know what's going to happen. Um, another one too is making copies of your ID and passport and any medical stuff that you need. Just make sure that you have copies. Nowadays, you can just save a copy on your phone. Maybe even, I don't know, maybe your phone might get stolen, but. <laughs> but see, even I do this though and good tip for solo travel but whenever we travel internationally i always print out those documents reservations to hotels my travel medical insurance which i want to go back to if anybody is going international these days in the days of covid we do have a link on our website where you can purchase your travel medical insurance so do go to travelsquadpodcast.com and get it there as well but i think printing out your stuff whether it be the itinerary or your IDs of sorts. Don't just rely on the digital copy. It's good to have, but you should. To your point, what you just said earlier, a lot of countries are even requiring you have travel medical insurance. So it used to be optional, but now it's becoming more required. Travel medical that specifically covers COVID and the link on our website does cover COVID. So nice. don't bother looking anywhere else. Check out travelsquadpodcast.com. And speaking of COVID, in the future, you may have to actually make a copy of your vaccination card to be able to travel. Vaccine passport. It's coming. <laughs> Anything else? Any other tips? Two more things that I want to say. Number one is make sure that you have more than one bank card. You never know, one, if one is going to be stolen, or two, if it's just not accepted at a specific bank. Didn't I just tell you guys how my wallet got lost on my trip and we were stuck on the road with no gas, no money, and had to ask strangers if they would lend us money if we mm -hmm. Venmoed them? You have did two, off air. Have two <laughs> bank cards. <laughs> and don't put them in the same wallet. That's a great tip. And the second one is make sure that you give your family and friends a copy of your itinerary. And I'm just going to add my tip in and it's going to be to download offline maps, which is what I always say in like every single episode. And it works internationally. So it's such a great tip and hack. And we've gotten a question about this before. So to clarify, it's Google Maps app on your phone and the offline maps feature. Yeah, so you can download a specific section, city, 
area of a state, area of a country. And if you are offline, have no data, no Wi-Fi, you can navigate as if you actually have service. So perfect, like Brittany said, for regular travel as the squad, as groups, but definitely as solo, especially if your language barrier is difficult, depending on where you're going, good to have the offline maps. So getting right into the ultimate guide, we're going to give you 11 pointers here. So number one is don't wait for others. The reason why I have done so much travel on my own at such a young age was because I didn't wait for anyone else. So first off, I just want to go through fears of why you can't. What I've actually heard from other people saying One is I've never done it. Two, I'm going to be all alone. I'm going to be so lonely. Three, it's not safe. Four, I'm going to be so lonely. I realize I just said that. So (laughs) I want to ask you about that because that's actually one concern I have is being lonely on a trip or not having that person there to like, I don't know, cheers with or share like, look at that sign, look at this mural or, you know, whatever. So Did you ever feel lonely on a solo trip? I mean, you know, I think the thing about solo trips that is, I don't want to say difficult, I can't find the right word, but it is interesting because you go off and you have these amazing experiences and you have these amazing memories and then you come back and you tell people, but you can't necessarily relate with them because they weren't there. There's a difference, right? Like Mm -hmm. you had to be there kind of stories, right? So there is that sense of loneliness, but you do feel it like when you do get back, but when you're on the road and if you are a social person and we're going to get into ways and how you can actually meet people so you aren't alone. I really don't feel like that. Okay. I think you always like at some point you will feel lonely, but you are going to be around people. And so you can create that connection um, if you're willing to step outside of your comfort zone to create those connections with other people. Yeah. And I guess it backs up your point of not waiting for others. If people don't want to take that trip and you're the only one that wants to go, you either feel maybe lonely sometimes or don't go. Yeah. I mean, like I've lived overseas and I've traveled to quite like the majority of the travel. Well, no, that's not true now. But like at one point, the majority of the travel that I did was before I even turned 25. And the reason was, is that I just didn't wait for anyone. Everyone said that they were too busy. It was too expensive. And I was like, okay, peace out. And so I got to see the world at a young age because I worked, saved, traveled, came back, worked, saved, traveled. And yeah. So I want to ask another question. I'm going to have a lot of questions in this episode because I think I'm the most interested in taking a solo trip. But you said most of your solo travel was done before the age of 25. And I think stereotypically, that's when people consider solo travel, travel the world, backpacking, extended vacations like that to be for younger people. I'm 31 years young. And (laughs) what do you think now about being in your 30s or even 40s, 50s, whatever, traveling solo? I mean, I still think that you should. I mean, you know, at the very beginning, I said that it's a great self-esteem builder. So I'm not saying that if you don't have self-esteem, you should go travel. I think that you can have very good self-esteem right now and go travel, right? But the type of experiences and situations that you're going to experience, it just really helps build that confidence in terms of what you really have the capacity to handle um, and move through and just connect with people. Like, I do think that you should, but it's interesting you say that because 
because I was living in Lebanon when I was 24 and I came back two weeks before I turned 25. And when I came back, then I moved to San Diego because Nicole, our, my friend in Mexico City, the Mexican wedding, Belize, <laughs> that Nicole. We love Nicole. Yeah. Hi, she, Nicole. <laughs> hey, Nicole. She was living in San Diego at the time. And she said, why don't you move to San Diego? So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I moved to San Diego because I didn't know what else to do. And I'm glad that I did. And I felt like I was behind because mm. in my experience, most people in the United States do not travel. It's more of a European and Australian thing. And so here I was in San Diego. I just turned 25. Everyone has these resumes. Everyone's making good money. And I'm just like, I have only like my, my resume included working at a dry cleaner and working <laughs> at a deli. <laughs> yeah. And then you think back about it now, like thinking that you're behind when you're 25 and you're like, in hindsight, you're not behind. You I know? feel ahead now because I traveled because I just like it made me feel better about myself. And I also thought that that was going to make me really attractive to guys because I had really bad self-esteem. And now it's so off-putting when I meet someone and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. I would never be able to travel. I don't know who I would travel with. You know, like they're telling me all the excuses that I busted through. And so, yeah, I was a little bit behind in salary at 25. Yeah, I didn't have a car when I was 25. Yeah, I didn't really have a resume when I was 25, but I have that now. And what I also have is what they don't have, which is the experience of travel under my belt. And I'm not saying that in a more like um, Heidi, tidy, like I'm better. Well, but- it's not even in a sense of travel. It's a life experience, life experience. type thing. Yes. You know, living in other cultures, being amongst other people, experiencing different things. Speaking and to, another language. Yeah, and to go to yeah. what you were saying, asking Zane originally, like, oh, like, what do you think in your 30s and 31 years young? I just want to say at hiking, Kim, you're not th- 30 and young anymore. But, we're not you know, talking about hiking. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> No, I just want to say in hiking, but in other stuff, yes, 31 years young for you. However, I think now you do have the resume, you do have the car, you do have right. a place to stay. I think a lot of things, especially with COVID now going like remote, you can do that solo travel. Yeah. Even a lot of employers are looking at like, oh, gap year, whatever. You know, I mean, some people don't like that or some businesses, I should Depends say. Depends on the industry. But, right, right. But I think in general, like now, even in the 30s, it's a good time just with how the whole economy is going even in the I sense to do think solo too, travel like in your 20s you're you don't have typically a ton of money so you're going super low budget on your travels Zana was hostels all the time when yeah, she yeah travels, I or have couch a lot surfing. to say about yeah. that in another one of our tips and not that you wouldn't stay in hostels in your 30s doing this but in your 30s you'd actually have ideally in a perfect world more budget in your 30s to take these solo trips and, and really enjoy the trip. But I want to say, though, yes, maybe going as a group or with a couple, you wouldn't want to be in a hostel now in your 30s. But if you're going alone, maybe that would be fun because that goes to the point what you were saying of did you feel lonely? That's a great place to meet people mm-hmm. with like-minded interests to yeah. do the stuff I you want to do. if there are hostels specifically for people 30 and above or 30 to 40 because i know they have them under 30 we're about to create travel squad podcast hostels for 30 and above all over the world (laughs) right here guys kim has inspired us (laughs) well i you know what just one more point too to put it into perspective because kim was like you know being 31 is it too old okay one day god willing you're gonna be 41 and you're gonna look back and you're gonna be like holy shit, why didn't I do it when I was 31? And you're going to realize how young 31 is. I mean, I turned 35 uh, recently, maybe like 
four or five months ago recently. And let me tell you, 35 is a lot different than early 30s. Like, I can't even tell you how young. I still think that I'm young. I don't feel like I'm old. But I can't tell you how young 31 is. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, Zaina's almost like she's more than halfway to Medicare, so. (laughs) (laughs) You actually qualify for ARP being 35. (laughs) No, it's actually like 50s, I think. No, 35. 35 is AARP now? No joke. (laughs) Wow. All right, let's go to number two. (laughs) (laughs) So number two, we're going to talk specifically about finding places to meet people, which hits on Kim's point about being lonely. So I have a lot to say about this. Now, when I was younger, I couch surfed. So that was like a huge way that you can meet people. So what is couch surfing? I think nowadays, you know, we have Airbnb, which did not exist when I was in my early 20s. But couch surfing still does exist. And what that is, is people open up their homes. And the idea was they'll let you sleep on their couch for free. And so I mean, it really depends on the person, right? Maybe you'll be on a couch, maybe you'll they'll have a spare bedroom, but it's basically Airbnb for free in another person's home. But like, sorry, Kim, but like minded people because mm-hmm. people who do that know that they're probably going to do the same thing somewhere else so they're already in that same like-minded mindset mm-hmm. i have two questions go for it when you did couch surfing were you always on a couch um no that's actually a really good question okay so i have couch surfed in denmark And I didn't even stay with someone. What it was, was I went to Denmark because I had a good friend who lived in Brandy, Denmark, which is a very tiny town. And Copenhagen is about three hours away. And when I was going to go to Copenhagen, my friend could not go with me. So I went on couch surfing to find locals in Copenhagen. And I met someone who basically I hit him up saying that I'm going to be in Copenhagen. Do you want to like hang out? And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And so this person was just like the nicest person ever. He met me at a specific spot in Copenhagen and we spent like three or four hours together and he just took Mm. me around to the city. So I didn't even sleep. uh, I was about to say, I didn't even sleep with him. (laughs) (laughs) At his place. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't even sleep with him at his place. But What about with him? (laughs) (laughs) I did not. (laughs) But I went to Copenhagen and he was, again, it goes back to like-minded people. I wasn't lonely. I wasn't by myself. And it was so nice because he took me all around because he's a like-minded person. He's on the website and, um, you know, he was available and willing to do that. So that was really nice. I've also done it here in San Diego. So it was an Italian guy who was going to be in San Diego. And I remember he had like, like, (laughs) I felt so bad for the guy. He was going to go on vacation with his friends, but he had this girlfriend in LA who said, come visit me. And he's like, are you sure you want me to come visit you? And she's like, yeah. And then as soon as she got there, she was completely cold to him and said, I don't want to visit with you anymore. That's sad. I know. So he came to San Diego. He found me on uh, couch surfing and I walked all around La Jolla with him and we were commiserating in stories about past relationships. Nice. So <laughs> did you ever stay with anybody? I did. And then, and, um, cause I've also, okay, well, real quick. I also met up with someone in Beirut, didn't stay with them, but met up with them. But in Italy, I did sleep at someone's house and I did sleep on his couch. We ended up sharing a bottle of wine that night. Um, and it was just really nice yeah. and it was free, you know? So that was super nice. And then the other place that I stayed with someone was in, um, where were we? Brussels. 
I stayed at his place. I think it was his couch. So you've never not slept on a couch. Like you've never stayed in a spare bedroom or, or the on floor. a bed. Or... Now that I recount it, yeah, you're right. But 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 <laughs> I want to. I don't want to say that. And again, haven't done it myself. But I just want to throw out where she's talking about is in Europe, where homes and apartments are smaller, so they may not have had the spare bedroom to just be yeah, like. Yeah, and the couch so, is fine. I was yeah, just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to throw that out there. And then my second question was: the people that you met up with on couch surfing were they in your same age? range or what was that like um can you search for people based on age or i mean i was in my early 20s and i think the majority uh like no one was over 30 now i like when i was in brussels i was 24 i think the guy was probably like 29 or something like that and you know you do rate people on couch surfing as well so you're able to you know see other people's experiences with them but um yeah no it was a really good experience i mean i remember the guy in brussels was super funny because he was a huge couch surfer so he welcomed a lot of people into his home and he said that you know every morning i take people to this coffee place around the corner from my place and it's funny because this guy sees me walk into this coffee shop every single morning with a different girl and I think he thinks that like I'm a stud or whatnot (laughs) (laughs) I was like yeah well tell you what Kim for your solo travel to St. Petersburg and to Tampa do some couch surfing you tell us if they're over 30 and of the age and what you can do even just go (laughs) couch surfing now and um if you feel like volunteering time there's people who come to San Diego who are looking for not even opening up your couch but like the way that other people did just meeting up Mm -hmm. with me in San Diego and taking them out and showing them around that's great and then you have a connection when you go there (laughs) tell us a little bit about hostels though because we spent a lot of time here on couch surfing which is fascinating and great but what about the hostel experience when you're young and staying there Yeah, you know, even if you're not staying at a hostel, go into hostels and ask if they have activities because you can always check in on that. But yeah, for the most part, it was... I mean, I guess this is a little bit of a biased answer because I was in my early 20s and so I wasn't checking ages because I didn't fall outside of the age the majority of them did. Right, but we're still talking about like how to meet people to do things with while traveling. So I feel like hostels, yes, you're having a lot of people who are having that same shared experience of like, I'm just here passing through, traveling, enjoying the culture, enjoying the experience. So how is your meeting people and maybe doing things with them while in hostels versus couch surfing? Yeah, because I mean, if you're sharing a room with other people, then you're going to be, I mean, you would think at least talking with them. Or wanting to see the same sites within that city. Exactly. And I think I've mentioned it on another podcast episode. When I was in Paris, I was in a six bedroom room. They put me in that bedroom because there was one open bed because it was five Polish girls who were exploring Paris. And I immediately bonded with them and they asked me out many times, but I was meeting and up with another friend there. So I didn't have the ability or, you know, just the availability. Otherwise I would have, but because we were in the same shared room, it was really easy to connect with them. I love what you just said about your solo trip. You were meeting up with a friend in Paris, which I think sometimes when you think solo trip, it has to be all on your own. But I love the idea of a solo trip where at some point in that trip, you're meeting up with somebody you actually know. She didn't even live in Paris. She just happened to be in Paris. So I'll get more into that into the next you know, tip that we give. But yeah, she, she was in Paris and we were able to connect and we saw the entire city together. I mean, that was the second time that I was there. But, but even to Kim's point, just say like here in San Diego, yeah, you don't want to open your home to have somebody stay, but you show them around San Diego. Maybe they live somewhere in Europe or South 
South America or somewhere cool in Africa where you're going to go. And then it's meeting up with that person, right? Because now you have a connection in another place. Yeah, it gives you a few hours with someone that you're familiar with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for hostels. And then in terms of meetups, they do have a lot of meetups in different places. So one, Nomadic Matt, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know who he is. He's huge in the travel space. He does organize meetups. I know that we're in COVID right now. And this is actually before I, I mean, he didn't have this when I, when I was traveling by myself in my early 20s, but I know that they do now have those meetups. What they did have when I was in my early 20s was couch surfing um, meetups. So even if you're not meeting up with someone in the city to go around, even if you're not spending the night at someone's place, they do have events. I've met a lot of people at the events. The guy in Belgium, huge in the couch surfing world, huge. I can't even like, I was like amazed. Huge. Huge, huge, huge. surfing famous. He knew all about them. And so he took me to an event there in Brussels to make sure that I was able to meet people in case I wanted to connect with anyone else. So he was a really, really, really great host. Also, free walking tours throughout the city. I think that one's great for introverted people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not only that, we know Kim meets people at free walking tours. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so that's definitely a good place to meet up people so you're not so lonely. <laughs> The hosts are very friendly, usually. I like... a little too friendly. <laughs> Go back to our Cusco, Peru episode if you want more details on what we're talking about, guys. But Kim loves the walking tour meetups. Uh, apart from meeting guys and walking tours, you can also meet girls, too. Um, when I was in Rome, I was a part of a free walking tour, and there was another girl who was traveling solo. So, of course, we immediately connected. And then after that, we ended up exploring Rome together, which was really nice to be able to have someone with me. I mean, obviously I was going to explore by myself, but to be able to meet someone like-minded, my age, connect with her and see everything, it was just really, really nice. You know, every time we've gone on a gate one tour, there has been at least one solo female traveler on the group. And, you know, they're interacting with everyone else, but at the end of the day, they get to have their own room, their own space, which is really nice, but they still are very interactive with everyone else. And I think that's a good point. I don't know if this is on your list, Ana, because you're talking about your experiences in your early 20s, but organized tours like gate one are perfect, perfect. for solo travelers. Yeah. Because there's already an itinerary, there's already the transportation, and there's already Built-in the guaranteed group. people to be there yeah. and the group to be there. And so when when you were asking Kim, like, 31, is this too old to do this? How old were the people that did? Like definitely 50, 60. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever, you're going to ever be too old to really do that. And yeah. I think that's a good way to dip your toes into the water, too. If you want to do solo traveling, I didn't even think about it until you said it, and it actually makes a whole lot of sense, you know, if you want to go places on your own but are still kind of timid, maybe in the organized tour fashion would be a good way to do maybe your first one, maybe a second. And then from there, just build that confidence. Be like, oh, all right, well, now yeah. I can do this on my own. Yes, my grandma's best friend, Kathy, actually did this. She did a bunch of gate one tours, maybe one or two or three to Spain. And then she started going to Spain on her own. Actual gate one ones? I don't mean to yes, cut you off. That, on that. That's oh, how yeah. I discovered gate one. Rock on her. gate one. Love yeah. gate one. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so gate she one. did one, one or maybe multiple gate one tours to Spain. And then she started going to Spain on her own, made friends in Spain, wants to move to Spain. Yeah. And she's, I think, in her 60s. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing too is you'll always meet people in real life. Like when I was in Beirut, I was at a coffee shop and someone came up to me and she had a question for me when she found out that I was American and I spoke English. She like sat down and she's like, oh my God, can I ask you a few questions? And I was like, yeah. 
<laughs> of course, you know, and I ended up becoming really good friends with her. So on the 4th of July that Jamal had that wild rage and party at my parents' house. Hey, mom listens and mom and dad don't know that I had that. Now they do. <laughs> that was a fun that, that, one, that one was a rager. <laughs> we had crazy jello shots and a whole bunch of other shit, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say. On that 4th of July, I was at that friend's house that I met at the cafe uh, with Isel, and we were partying there at her house. So, you know, again, like in real life, you never know when you're in places and you're putting yourself into the culture, people will come up to you. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to vibe with. Well, I was going to say, I think that's a real perfect segue into what I'm seeing here as number three on one of the tips that you want to talk about is talking about inner circle, because from what I'm seeing here, these seem to be people that you've met in travel. And now when you're going someplace, they've been there and have recommendations on things for you to do or give you advice, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Tell your inner circle where you're going. Ask them, do you know anyone there? And can they recommend anything? And reach out to anyone that you know that might be in that place. So just as an example, Nicole, again, our favorite Nicole. Love you, Nicole. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> we love Nicole. She went to Beirut and I was so sad that she finally made it to Beirut when I wasn't there. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> I was so sad. But you know what? I knew people in Beirut and I hit up one of my friends and I said, hey, and his name is Michael. And I was like, Nicole's going to be in Beirut with two of her friends. Like, I would love, you know, like for her to be able to meet you. And he's like, oh, my God, if she's a friend of yours, she's a friend of mine. She's staying at my place. And I'm like, wait a minute. She has two friends. I don't care. She's a friend of yours. She's a friend of mine. Nicole stayed Aww. with him for free. He took him all. They, he wow. took them all over Beirut, and I was just like, "You are so sweet." I you know really the Lebanese it. are so hospitable and welcoming, really and are. proud to share their city. He's actually from Kentucky. Oh, oh. <laughs> originally Syrian. Is he Lebanese? <laughs> no, he's actually. I think he's half Lebanese, half Syrian. But he grew up in Kentucky and went to the American University of Beirut to do his master's. But it's that Middle Eastern hospitality, Kim. It really totally. is. Because, I mean, he had a Lebanese roommate. And so his Lebanese roommate was, like, super into it, too, and helping them, like, out and whatnot. But, like, I really appreciate the fact that he didn't have to do that. And he opened his doors to let them stay with them. Another example is when I went to Amsterdam, Jamal and I have a family friend, Laura, who lives in Amsterdam. And so I hit her up and I was like, hey, I'm going to Amsterdam. Do you have any time to meet up? And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to be able to see her and I'm super excited to see her. And she reaches out and she's like, oh my gosh, I manage this uh, apartment and people have to book it for a minimum of three days. And so someone does have it booked, but it's two days after another person. So since you have to do a three day minimum, no one can book for those two days. So let me put you up in that place. Do you have a place yet? And I was like, well, actually, no, I don't. I was just going to get a hostel. And she's like, don't get a place. I'm going to put you up there. Nice. I didn't even ask. You know, people want to take care of you. People want to help you. So don't be shy to reach out just to say that you're going to be there and be surprised when people want to do more for you. I'm looking at your notes right here. And number four actually says people want to help. So don't be afraid to ask. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Great segue. Wait, We're wait, moving wait, on. Wait, wait, real quickly, real quickly. I just want to say that when I was in Lebanon, there's another girl named Sarah who was from Trablos, which is all the way in North Beirut, or in, oh, excuse me, all the way in North Lebanon, which is about an hour and a half away. Which for reference, I was thinking Trablos with Biblos, and that's why going back to previous episodes, I thought it was too far uh -huh. and too much to do because 
was on the complete north end of the country. Just saving face for myself because that was reality. (laughs) Getting back to this episode, no more discussion on it. Well, you guys are going to love this story. Okay, so Sarah, I was never friends with her. I was acquaintances with her through another friend. So I've never actually hung out with her. But you know, when I went back to Beirut, I hit up every single person that I know who's going to be in Beirut. Do you want to do lunch? Do you want to have coffee? Just for the like thought that I can meet up with people. And she was like, oh my God, you're in Beirut. You need to come to Trablos. You can stay at my place. We'll do this. We'll do that. Like totally unexpected. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah. So she was in Beirut. She got on a bus with me. She took me to her family's house. We went to the beach and then I didn't realize that we were going to go out later that night. So I wore my bathing suit under my clothes. So later that night we ended up hiking to the top of a mountain and I didn't have any underwear because my bathing suit bottoms were surprising. You know what? She blames it on the bathing suit, but Zana never wears underwear. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway. Anyways, I thought you guys would appreciate that, but it was funny because I have this dress, but I didn't have a sweater. So I'm like wearing this bright pink sweater on top of this black dress and it didn't really go, but it was super funny. But like just the hospitality about that. Also, do you guys know how I met Isel? Does anyone actually know that story for all the times we've spoken about Isel? Negative. No. I had. I thought she went to AUB. She did, but I didn't know her. Okay. I was visiting in Beirut and I hit up my friend Danny and I told her, do you know anyone who needs a friend to hang out with? (laughs) Because I'm here. So I'd love to see you. But if you know anyone and she's like, actually, you know what? I know. Meet me for coffee. And um, like, like, I'm excited to see you. Can I pause real quick? What you just said, you offered yourself to someone, even though Mm -hmm. you were the one visiting there. Yeah. And versus what you were saying earlier the other way around reaching out to see if anyone would be willing to entertain you you're like i'm here i'm willing to entertain someone that needs it so it can go both ways yeah that's true that's true because i did know the city i just needed a friend (laughs) okay now you can go on (laughs) who is as available as me anyways i met up with danny and isel was there and that's how i met isel perfect yeah but yeah into the next segue of don't being afraid to ask for help people want to help So tell us a little bit about that, because even just in everyday life, like, I don't want to say I'm scared to ask for help, but I just know even in my travels, sometimes if there's a language barrier or something, you just don't want to ask because you're just scared of the response or maybe the language barrier. So tell us a little bit about your experience in that and why it's not so difficult to really do. Yeah. Do you want to hear about the first time I ever went to Biblos Tremel? I mean, I just brought up Biblos. Might as well hear about it now. Let's I mean, do I don't it. know love why Biblos. not. Let's <laughs> and I, I do too. And I just thought it was Trablos, by the way. Do you love Biblos? Do you, Jamal? Do you? Te amo Biblos. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spanish. I love it. Not love even it. in Arabic. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So. And by the way, I said, I love you, Biblos. <laughs> I just realized not, I love Biblos. I love you, Biblos, is what I said. What would it be for I love Biblos? Amo Biblos. I think it's Seamo. Seamo. See, that's how bad my Spanish is. But let's, we're getting (laughs) sidetracked here. Let's continue on and not focus on my terrible Espanol. Okay. So in Lebanon, the, but I was by myself. I I would, I didn't have anyone that was able to go with me um, to Biblos. So of course that's not going to stop me. I want to go to Biblos and I want to see it. So I know where the bus station is and I was able to get on a bus, but once you actually get on a bus, there's no bus stops like they do have here in the United States. So you just have to tell them when you want to get off. It's the same thing when Brittany and I are in the Philippines. Instead of buses, they're jeepneys. I think we talked a little bit about that in our Philippine episode, but same way. A lot of places in other countries, they aren't set bus stops. 
it's a specific route and way and you just tell them when you want to stop. Exactly. Yeah. And so for someone who's never been to Byblos, I had no idea when to get off. So I got on the bus and I do speak Arabic. So like that was, you know, on my side, but I told the bus driver that I want to go to Byblos. I've never been there before. So can you tell me when I actually want to get off to be able to get to Byblos? And he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So I sat at the front of the bus. And so anyways, there, there's that. But you know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid to ask for that help. Once I was in Croatia and Brittany's just going to absolutely laugh at this story, I rented, uh, no, I mean, it was on Hostel World. I think it was. Yeah. Cause it wasn't Airbnb. I paid for the place. So the chick picks me up in front of the address of where I rented it from. And she gave me a business card and she said, I know that you've rented this address, but it's actually at a different location. So let me give you this card so you know to go to this address and not come back to this one. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then she took me to that location and it was a beautiful, oh my God, overlooking Dubrovnik. And so later that evening after exploring Dubrovnik, I needed to go back and I couldn't find the place because I went back to the address in the email confirmation that I had and I forgot about the business card. (laughs) Maybe Zana had a few drinks because when Zana forgets stuff like that, I mean, she just straight up told you, don't go back here. Here's this. And you went. (laughs) Well, I didn't drink, but I... That's Zana's ill preparedness. It was. It was my (laughs) ill preparedness. So it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm crying, sitting on a bench, not figuring out like, where the hell am I? So I called her since um, I had her number and she's like, no, you need to go to the other place. She literally came out of her house at 11 o'clock at night, picked me up and drove me to the location that I needed to be at, which was really, That was so nice nice of her. It was. I don't think that you had this in your notes to talk about, but I do want to point out that even on solo trips, you can expect that travel mishaps will happen. Absolutely. And you're all on your own, you know, on a solo trip. There may be someone there to help you. There may not be. But even when those travel mishaps come up, you're going to get through it. You're going to be just fine. And you're going to have a good trip, even giving that. You bring me to the perfect next one, too, because when I was in Stuttgart, Germany, long story short, I was supposed to meet a friend. She canceled on me last minute. I just made the comment to her, hey, I'm nearby. I hope all is well. And she's the one who invited me there. On my way there, she said, never mind. Actually, I'm busy. And I was, long story short, it was actually a little bit worse than that. I'm sugarcoating it. But I got to Stuttgart, Germany, and I'm just like, shit, what am I going to do? And when I got there, no one spoke English. And the train station that I got off at, that I needed to get off at, all the machines to buy tickets was in German. And I went to every single place that I could asking someone if they spoke English and no one spoke English. And I was like, I don't even know how to fucking get out of here. And so I literally went into every single bakery, every single store asking someone if they spoke English. And you didn't have a phone either like we do now that can translate for you. No one spoke English. So finally, defeatedly, I went back to the train station and every time someone went to the machine, I asked them, like, do you speak English? And so finally, like I just wrote down where I want to go and I like held up that paper to someone and I was like oh <laughs> I don't 
tears in my eyes. And they were, I, I, I would assume that the ticket that they just helped me purchase is for what I said that I wanted. And so I was like, so grateful. I got on the train and I was just like, here we go. I hope this works. And it got me. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it really was. It got me to where I needed to go. So I'm very grateful for those people, but don't be afraid to ask for help no matter how many people are unable to help you. Even if you have to make a makeshift sign and put tears in your eyes, <laughs> you'll get your help. You don't have to put a making. <laughs> but Zayna, you've told me many stories of your trips before we're even recording this, and it sounded like a roller coaster of ups and downs, and you still speak so highly of those experiences. You know, those are the stories that make me so interesting, you know? Like, those are the stories that also, like, when I meet someone, I feel like, look how much shit I'm bringing to the table. Now, your turn to entertain me. Well, don't give yourself <laughs> too much credit. <laughs> oh, whoa. Did I tell you about the time that I, this, you know what? I have to tell this story before we move on. When I got lost in the Denmark snowstorm, I was on my way to meet Martin in Denmark. I've already mentioned that I had a friend in Denmark. Okay. So it's Martin and Brandy. And I was going from Copenhagen to Brandy. So I'm at the train station and I let the lady know that I want to go to Brandy. So she gave me two choices. One was to go direct to Brandy, which is going to be more expensive. Or another one is change trains and then get on another train to get to Brandy, which was going to be cheaper. And I asked her, is that going to be easy? And I remember I said yes to the changing of the trains because it was cheaper because she looked at me and she said, I think it's very easy. And I was like, sold. It was not fucking easy at all. I can't tell you how many trains I got on and off on. <laughs> like, I Good like, tip. No, I mean, like, it was. Well, she's a serious. train worker, so maybe she's, of course, it's fucking Blurred easy. on the direct. Get the fucking direct. Because every time I got off the train, someone told me a different train. Like, someone even told me to get on a train. And once I got on the train, I got kicked off because that train wasn't going anywhere. You know, like, it was so crazy. And so, in the end, my phone ended up dying, even, because what was supposed to be a three hour journey was now at like the six hour mark. Ooh. And at the same time, we're in the biggest snowstorm that day that was hitting Denmark. So before my phone died, he was saying, I'm really worried because I want you to get here before the train stop because otherwise you're going to be like lost, you know, or like you aren't going to be able to get here. And I even met two guys, they were brothers from Japan who the exact same thing happened to them. And I remember making friends with them. I'm still friends with them on Facebook to this day. But they were like, oh, man, that sucks because, you know, me and my brother were blaming each other, but you only have yourself to blame. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was I wasn't on a solo trip. I was with my ex-boyfriend in Italy and we had the same situation where we had to switch trains and our itinerary did not stick to it. They're like, just get on the next train. We got on the next train. It wasn't the right train. They wanted us to pay more. It was a mess. So don't get a connecting train. Well, <laughs> get this, the direct. The same thing real quick happened to Brittany and I when we were going to Chamonix, one of my favorite places in Europe and if not the world. And we bought our tickets, had a specific time, and yet they changed the seasonal times. And we were like, oh, shit. Like, we literally boarded a train that was going nowhere in the station. And we had to wait and get on the next one because it wasn't moving anywhere. So <laughs> these things that goes back to your mishaps, Kim, they will definitely happen. But you just got to be prepared for them and just understand, like, that's the reality. You know, if you're going on your own and aren't really on a time constraint, 
roll with the punches. Exactly. Yeah. No. Well, anyways, by the time I finally got to the train station that I needed to get off on, I hugged my new Japanese brother friends. And <laughs> they wished me luck. They said, we're going to send you a message. Once we get to our place, send us a message. Like everyone was worried about everyone because no one knew where anyone was going. Oh, that's nice. It really was. And so I get off small, small town. The train station is closed at this point. Like no one was there. There's no lights. And the, the snow, the biggest snowstorm of the season that year, that day is up to my knees. So oh. I'm like, oh my God. So Martin had no idea when I was actually going to get there. My phone has died. I didn't know how to communicate with him. So I left my luggage there and I literally ran through the streets in the snow up to my knees because at this point it's like 10 o'clock at night. They're not going to blaze, you know, like clear the roads until the next day. So blaze like the roads. Yeah. I like, I am literally in the middle of nowhere. It is pitch black. I don't know where I'm going. So finally I see someone and I'm crying and I asked him for help and he's like, Oh, okay. Come, come, come. You know, cause I did write down Martin's phone number. Um, he took me to his house, but the phone was all the way in a back room. And I was like, Oh my God, please do not kill me. Oh my <laughs> God. But I have no other choice. I go, I call Martin. He's like, Oh my God, I've been so worried about you. Do you know where the train station is? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, go back there and I'm going to meet you. Oh, that's good. So he met me and then I was so hungry cause I hadn't eaten that day. He's all, well, I feel so bad. There's only one place open right now and it's a pizza place. Is that okay? And I was like, like, I'll eat anything. So he takes me to the pizza place and the guy turns around to take my order and it's the exact same guy who let me use his phone Aww. in his house and he's like, you found your friend. And I was like, I found my friend. What that a coincidence. I, that is too. a miracle that that worked out like that. It really was. So don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> and it also is worth saying that people are actually a lot better than we think they are. We we see the worst of the worst of people on the news, on social media and all of that. But every time I've been traveling and needed help, there have been really helpful, really nice people there. Yeah, people do want to help you. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekender road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. A road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks. Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 pages PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking about where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance fees, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, what things to see and do, the hikes we recommend, the mileage of the hikes and even the recommended time to a lot for each one plus so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast where you can see the full guides. We have done all of our research and actually taken these exact trips and we have taken all of the guesswork out of the planning. So all you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad Podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $25. That's 50% off the regular price. So travel on over now to get yours today. So moving along to number five is you don't have to have everything planned. Now, what I mean by that is that, you know, have some place to sleep at when you first arrive, but everything else can be spontaneous. Now, I know this goes against everything Brittany preaches. 
Well, that's when we're going as a group and we have an idea. But solo, it's a different ball game, though, right? It really is. Now, I give you an example because when I was in Rome, Italy, I met that chick in the free walking tour and we were able to go around together. Had I actually had everything planned out in stone, tickets booked and all of that stuff, then we wouldn't have been able to merge our plans. So I had an outline of what I wanted to do. And, you know, she knew what she wanted to do. Things aligned and we were able to do it. But because things weren't made in stone, it was able to like really easily merge with another person and be able to do everything that we wanted to do. And I think we've even mentioned this before in past episodes. I'm trying to recollect which one it was and I really don't remember. But we've said the same thing and you you mentioned Brittany and yes, we always do have a plan. But we've also said leave space for adjustments of what the plan is because you may go somewhere talk to somebody and they're like, oh, like this is a hidden gym. It's not one of the main things that you would think about, but it's definitely a must do. So I really do appreciate that aspect of what you're saying is like, you know, yes, have a place to stay and know that at the bare minimum and go from there and just explore. Exactly. Well, the other thing too is, you know, the, I think this is like the third time that I went to Europe. I only bought a one-way ticket and all I knew was that my end goal was reaching Beirut. So I landed in Dublin and I thought, okay, I'm going to go west to east to hit Beirut. So I had no idea how long I was going to spend in Europe and I had no idea where I was going to go. But as the trip was unfolding, the next thing appeared, if that makes sense. Like it just unfolded as it went versus having everything in stone and I was able to experience it the way that I did because it wasn't in stone. It was an apparition. It just became. I would love to take a trip like that where I just buy the ticket and then no around this time I want to come back but I don't know what I'm doing between. I mean I ended up in Rome for a second time because I met a guy and went back. Long story short it sucked. (laughs) But don't let that keep you from doing it again. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a great story. More of the story, don't trust dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Says the dude. (laughs) Anyways, enjoy Enjoy the journey. It's going to work out. Also, quick tip, don't worry about the last minute prices for last minute changes in the grand scheme of things. When you're 41 versus 31, it's not going to make a difference if you had to pay an extra $300 or $400 to change something last minute. Love that tip. Moving along to the next, this is going to be a super quick one. Write down important information like phone numbers or directions in case your phone dies or is stolen, a la me getting to Martin in dinner. I was just going to say the exact same thing. We just talked about it a few seconds ago about you having the number for Martin. So that's a great, great point. Real simple. But that goes back to what we were saying earlier where you were saying keep things on your phone. Even when we travel as groups or Brittany and I solo, It's definitely good to have the physical copies, whether it be copies of your credit cards, copies of your passport, copies of your actual itinerary, physical copies or phone numbers are great. Let me ask you a quick question and then you can say what you're going to say, Britt. Sorry. (laughs) How many phone numbers do you have memorized? I have my parents. I have Jamal's cell. I have my sister's cell. I know Brittany's. I I know Kim's. I know my grandpa's. I think I know enough important ones. I know like about minus my immediate family on top of that, maybe four numbers. So point in blank, write them down, not on your phone. (laughs) Good question. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just about to say too, didn't your aunt and uncle, Aunt Betty and Uncle Truman, didn't they get their passport stolen from them once when they went on a trip? That was a long time ago, like in the 70s or 80s they immediately landed in rome and in the airport my aunt betty got her purse jacked and they lost their passports their money and they didn't even get to go on the trip they were going with my 
uncle, my mom's brother, and they weren't able to continue on with that trip. The moment they landed in Europe, they had to go back home because they had no money and no but passport. But if they had <laughs> physical copies. Uh, sure, but we're talking 70s or yeah, 80s and like, where was their copier? But yes, yes, yes. But very good point. Yes. <laughs> If they had a copy, they could have made things work, I'm sure of it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, even like when I was going to see Martin in 2010, this is like I didn't even have a smartphone. I mean, this is the phone that you could play Snake on only. God bless Nokia's. I love Snake. They're like bricks. They'll last through anything. They're like cockroaches. <laughs> They'll survive a, a, a nuclear explosion. Huh? <laughs> Zaina, I have a question for you. Yeah. I think as a woman traveling as a woman in general, but especially traveling on a solo trip, safety is the biggest concern. Have you ever experienced any unsafe situations or what tip do you have for that? Okay, so you actually lead us right into the next one. And that is don't be afraid to make a scene if you're being harassed. Number seven. Number seven. Okay, so once upon a time, I was in Mexico City and I was with Nicole, our, our beloved Nicole. We love Nicole. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. <laughs> How many times are we going to... Nicole yeah, yeah. love episode. <laughs> Seriously. So I was just in here. This is the first time I was ever in Mexico City. And basically, Nicole and I have one more stop to go. And I feel someone touching the back of my leg because I was wearing a skirt. And I was like, okay, you're getting off at the next stop. Like, just, just you're getting off at the next stop. But then I feel someone touch my leg again. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting off. I'm getting off. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Not that it's okay, but you know what I mean? So the doors open and as I start to walk off, I get shoved very violently. And as I'm being shoved, my skirt is lifted and my thong is being snapped. You had a thong on. I had underwear. <laughs> that's, that's the most shocking part of the story right now to me is that Zaina had underwear on. I had underwear on. So... I've, I've been shoved, like basically it all happened and then I was shoved, like it was so quickly. So essentially as I'm being shoved onto the platform, like I can't pull down my skirt, I can't pull my underwear back to where it needs to be, like my ass is exposed to everyone. So as soon as I land on the platform, I turn around and I see the guy who was right behind me. And now I know this guy was right behind me because he told me and Nicole we can like stand there because he knew that we were getting off. So... I turn around, I see him there, and without thinking, I punch the guy. And I, <laughs> I was, love that. You know, like, it, I was so violated, you know? Like, it, it was a lot worse than it even sounds, and I feel like it sounds pretty bad. So I punch him, and I start to scream at him, and he says, it wasn't me. Um, and then he says, I don't speak English. And I was like, no problem, I speak Spanish. And so then I started to scream at him in Spanish. He started to run and I chased him out of there. So don't be afraid to make a scene. And in case you're wondering, yes, it was him because no male would allow me to punch him and just simply stand there saying it wasn't me. He accepted the fact that he deserved to be of punched. Course. This isn't about travel, but I saw a girl posted something on, on a Facebook group I'm a part of about a situation where this guy was stalking her a little bit around a store and then she was walking out to her car and he was following her. So she went back into the store and he followed her back there. So she finally yelled, why are you following me? And that yell scared him enough to run away. And then she was able to be safe. So again, the scene. That happened to me in Lebanon. I was up in Trablos, which is the, the north, not Biblos, Trablos, up in the north. Trablos. 
And I noticed that like it was a kid. He had to have been like 16 years old and he was following me around. So I went into a restaurant and I went to the restroom to lose him. And I stayed in there for like a good 10 minutes. I'm like, this, this kid isn't going to be waiting for me when I get out. So I leave the restaurant and he's still waiting for me. And I'm like, okay, like he's not going to follow me anymore. I'm just going to quickly like leave this area. So I left the area, but he's still trailing me. Weird. Yeah. And so then he like comes up right behind me and he screams, you have a nice ass. (laughs) But I mean, he barely speaks English also at the same time. Right. So I'm just like, oh my God. So I immediately start screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm very lucky that I speak Arabic. So I screamed in Arabic, help me. And there were like women nearby. And so like they came running and it scared the shit out of him and he ran away. But like, like I screamed many times, help me, help me, help me. And he fucking got scared. <laughs> I would come running to your help too. I mean, like I scream when I scream and that kid, I, I hope he shit his pants. I remember here. when we were in Mexico City as a squad and the and I was wearing shorts in Mexico City. Don't do that because all these guys were hollering, going crazy. And Zayna was just like, yelling at him back (laughs) would you talk to your mother this way would you talk to your sisters this way have some respect that's what i told the kid in Trablos too like (laughs) she has a speech guys (laughs) so don't be afraid to make a scene I have many other stories too that I mean like we don't need to go into all of those but don't be afraid to make a scene people will come to your rescue So I'm seeing what's next here on the list for you to talk about, Zana, and it's something you know all about because I want to say you are the worst packer I've ever seen in my life. I'm just throwing this (laughs) out there. Well, she's pretty up there, Kim. I mean, you're giving her a little (laughs) more credit than she deserves. She's pretty bad on it. I mean, my God, she didn't bring gloves to the fucking Andes. I mean, I, I don't know what more to say than that. But you have pack light listed on here. But tell us how in terms of solo travel that is beneficial, Zana. So You're going to be carrying all your stuff, okay? So the first time I ever went to Europe, I took two suitcases. Big mistake. You don't need two suitcases. Pack light. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be clunky. You're going to be on a lot of trains. You're going to be have to carrying like all of that stuff. Pack light. Even when I left Denmark, I flew out of the Brandy airport or the the airport nearby. And I literally dumped clothes out of my luggage because at that point, I had accumulated enough stuff to where I was overweight with the luggage. And I'm like, I'm not paying for all of this. I'm not even wearing half the clothes that I brought. And like, I literally dumped a lot of clothes there at the airport. And this is just a good travel tip in general. I know in Europe, a lot of places have a ton of stairs and not a lot of elevators or escalators. Or they're tiny elevators. Yeah, really, really small. So Jamal and I learned this too the first time we went to Europe. We both brought a large luggage and then a carry-on. And it was just a lot to lug with us constantly and like having to haul up all of these stairs all of the time. So now we just try to minimize what we pack and just pack pretty much the bare minimum. I've dumped out enough stuff to where I came back with an entirely new wardrobe before. And I was going to say to Brittany's (laughs) point too, especially if you're in Europe and a lot of other places going on the trains, that's the main way of transportation, which is really counterintuitive to what we think here in the United States. But over in a lot of places it's train and so there's a specific area for you to leave your luggage on the train but sometimes there's not a lot of space so if you have multiple pieces of luggage like a full-size carry-on it makes it really difficult so packing light is really going to be good and you know really figuring out what it is you actually need for the trip because 
even in regular trips, people overpack all the time. So have packing you, light in general is good. And have you seen like Europeans? They have really cute small suitcases. Only here in America do I see these huge luggages that people are hauling with them. I mean, I saw from Germany came to Cuba with a big ass luggage, but that's neither here nor there. My mom on the <laughs> my mom brought the biggest luggage on the cruise that we went on. I had a carry on. She had a, such a big one. She had to pay a hundred dollars extra. For the weight of her luggage. That is something and an American will do. We're in a cruise cabin. Her luggage was bigger than the bed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Pack light, buy clothes as you need them. Like you don't need as much as you think that you're actually going to need. So Zaina, number nine on your list is to put your phone down. And it's funny because when you did a lot of your solo trips, it was before smartphones had your entire life on it. So we all can say that now, put your phone down, don't waste your time taking pictures, and especially don't be on social media while you're in an experience. But what about when you're on your solo trips? How does that play into your experience? Yeah, you know, now when I was doing the the majority of my solo travel was before the smartphones existed. And so the reason why I was able to meet so many people was because I didn't have my phone in my face. So when you're going to restaurants, I know it's tempting, especially if you were by yourself and like it's just second nature to look at your phone or plan something next, but actually put it down and eat. Pay attention to your surroundings. You're going to be a lot more approachable when you have it down and you aren't like into something else, right? Like just pay attention to your surroundings. That's how people are going to meet you. That's how you're going to be approachable. If you need to figure something out, take the time to figure something out, but make that time and that space to do that. And when you're actually in a moment, be in that moment so other people know that they can approach you and so you can see other people too if you need to say hi. And what I mean by if you need to say hi is I remember being with Isel someplace in Lebanon. We were at Harissa and we were like walking around. We were waiting in line for the telefreaks to get to the top and we kept passing these three people. And every time we passed these three people, I would say, hi, 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 you know, to the point where we kept passing them that every time we passed them, it was just like, hi. So when we left, Isel and I were like, oh, we're going to have to like go to the highway, flag down a bus, jump on a bus. And so as we were walking to the highway, those three people that I kept saying hi to that entire trip, all of a sudden they pull up next to us in their car and they're like, we'll give you a ride. And we're like, what? Oh my God, we're so excited. Thank you so much. And they weren't even going back to Beirut. They went out of their way to get us to Beirut in order to give us a ride just because of how many times I said hi and they felt connected to us. So put down your phone, pay attention to people, say hi, and you never know what's going to happen. Moving into the next one, another really quick one is that for women, wear a ring on your wedding finger and you're going to be glad that you did because sometimes it also helps guard off the unwanted advances. Super simple, super quick. You know, when I first saw this on your list, Zana, I thought it was in case you had to punch somebody, you had something (laughs) sharp to cut their face when you hit them with it or backhanded that bitch, huh? (laughs) But no, that's uh, to keep unwanted advances. But, you know, some people I feel like that may still not bother them at all because uh, some people don't care if people are married. (laughs) It gives you a However, though, though. yes, 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 that's what I was going to say. As a woman, I can tell you, even in San Diego, walking down the street, Getting hit on, I always say, even when I was single, I have a boyfriend. And that will deter at least half of the people. 
So wear the ring. But there's still half that it don't deter. I know, and that's when you backhand it. <laughs> <laughs> it's when that bitch slap yeah, comes yeah. in there. Backhand that bitch. <laughs> Cut his face. So, and finally, rounding out your entire experience, have planned check-ins with a loved one. And so I'm not talking about like necessarily like, oh, I'm going to call you at 6 p.m. But like, or text you at 6 p.m. But just... At least within 24 hours, send a loved one a note. I made it to my next spot or I'm here. Like just make sure that someone is actually hearing from you within a certain time span so they know that you're okay. Now it doesn't need to be specific. It doesn't need to be specific times, but just let them know that you're okay. And I think that every time you move from location to location, that's a really good time to check in with them Mm -hmm. because then they know, okay, she's not in this area anymore. She's Mm -hmm. moved to this area. So it also helps them follow your itinerary or kind of put down where you're going to be next. Exactly. Well, yeah, it goes back to the tip where we're saying share your itinerary with loved ones. And it also gives you that sense of safety. Like, okay, now people who I know at home know where I am. So God forbid something happened, they have a frame of reference. So it all kind of ties together in that sense. Yeah. And even when I say share your itinerary, again, it doesn't have to be an itinerary set in stone, but like at least the bones of the plan. Mm-hmm. So I see something listed on here, Zana, that you wanted to talk about, but I'm going to intro it in because Brittany and I do this with ourselves. Intro it in, but make sure you give credit to the person who gave you this idea. I don't know if you gave us the idea or we did it ourselves. I gave you the idea. Totally. She was traveling. So I'm going to go ahead and say Zana absolutely (laughs) did give us this idea. (laughs) Well, I don't, we'll see. I don't remember, but Brittany Uh, tells me. No, I don't. But Brittany tells me all the time. She'll tell me something. And then I just don't process it. Like I I listen, I don't process. That's my problem. But point being, circling back around, moving on, send yourself postcards so that you can remember the trip and the experience. I think that would be great for solo travel, obviously. But one of my favorite things about when Brittany and I travel is we will write ourselves a postcard and we'll clearly be home before we get the postcard. But it's so fun to actually just receive that remember your trip and every so often quite honestly Brittany and I would go to our little box that's in our closet that houses all our cards that we've written to each other and our postcards and we'll reread through our trips like on a daily itinerary like oh we did this we did that and then we remember all these fucking fun things that we did and I think that's a real solid little bonus in there send yourself a postcard so I've been traveling solo since 2005 Jamal you're welcome because I've been sending postcards to myself. <laughs> well, since Brittany ago. listened to you. Apparently, I didn't listen to you if that was really your deal. Yeah. Mom used to get offended because I would send postcards home and she'd be like, what? You didn't send us anything. And then I'd come home to like a stack of postcards on my bed. <laughs> so you sent them home to yourself, but not to mom and dad. I, huh? I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really, really great list about solo travel. And I can't wait to take my first trip. I can't wait to hear all about your first trip. Well, even though this was, I guess, geared towards more females, I'm excited to leave Brittany behind, go on my (laughs) own journey, maybe meet some ladies somewhere. I don't know. I won't tell Brittany about that when it happens, but maybe (laughs) that'll happen. I I just don't know. Well, Brittany, how excited are for you for your next solo trip to meet a whole bunch of men? Tell it about Jamal. I mean, like, I I don't know if you're going to do that, though. Right? She doesn't even wear, she's not even going to follow your tip because she doesn't even wear her rings in general, so I sure as hell know she ain't taking them on the trip solo wearing her wedding rings. Well, Let's you gotta get a speak. you gotta get a special travel ring that's not valued yeah. as yeah. a wedding ring. Well, here's the thing, guys: is 
my everyday job as a nurse, I am constantly putting my hands in things I don't want to talk about. I'm Ooh, just hearing I've excuses <laughs> from Brittany. Don't want to so wear the rings I got her. On basis, I don't wear my wedding ring. And I think that's pretty common for people that do, that are nurses or even like firefighters or in a lot of industries like that. So I do need to get one that is... I know they have like silicone bands mm-hmm. and things like that. So maybe I should get that, especially for travel, because, you know, I do value my rings and I would hate to leave them. Yeah. Or, or just get or... A, like a fake one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just giving Brittany a hard time. Really. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that is a good point when you go back to that tip is obviously don't get like a really fucking nice ring. <laughs> just get a ring to ward them off. But still, we haven't hit up on Brittany, though. I want to hear about Brittany being excited to plan her own trip. What do you think, Brittany? I am so fucking excited to plan my own trip. Jamal is going to be crying here at <laughs> home, petting the cat, and I'm just going to have the fucking time of my life. Sorry, right. we've been talking about getting divorced anyway, so it's no. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Really. So we're almost out of time for this episode, but I have one question of the week. Questions, Questions. of the week. And this question is coming from Matt J from NYC. Thank you, Matt. He is asking, does solo travel only mean backpacking? No. As someone that isn't super excited about backpacking, I have to say you can take a solo trip with a suitcase and not have it be a backpacking trip. Yeah, just want to hear solo trips. I guess back in the day when I was younger, that came to mind, but it doesn't anymore. And especially with what Brittany was talking about earlier, too, about dipping your toes in the water. Well, that was my phrase, dipping your toes in the water, but talking about going on a guided tour as a solo Mm -hmm. trip, right? That's not a backpacking experience. And I think definitely not, right? Would you agree, Zaina? I mean, I know you said that vigorous and ferocious no, but (laughs) (laughs) right? No. I mean, Matt, the clothes that I dumped at the Denmark airport was out of a big ass luggage. (laughs) So uh, no, it does not mean backpacking only. It means whatever you want it to be, really. Great. I love that we're ending on that point. Your solo trip means whatever you want it to be. Go out, find yourself, enjoy yourself, and create memories and experiences that will truly, truly, truly last and transcend a lifetime. All right, everyone, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. We now have the Travel Squad Podcast hashtag. If you tag your photos with that, we will share them on our profile. And please send us in those questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye.